Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. Righteous judgment of the Most High. Who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds. To them who by patience. Continuing yep. some well-doing seat. No nope. glory and honor. And immorality. Yep. Eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious. And do not obey the yep. truth. But obey unrighteousness. Indignation and wrath. Oh, Great blue yep. You an African American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' tell you? Nope. We gon' explode. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge count? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait? Nope. Do we have grace? Yep. Continue in sin? Nope. I'ma ask you again. Yep. Should we continue in sin? Christ is the way, yep. never gonna win, nope. trying to make it to heaven, yep. get there by sin, nope. follow the commandments, yep. everybody got choices, I chose this walk so I keep on trying, everybody got choices, choose the right path and nothing can stop us, everybody got choices, righteous life, devil don't like that, nah, everybody got choices, choose the right path to save your soul, never going back, no, 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 forward to the kingdom, yeah, Wow. 
from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose the most I heard Two sides to choose from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose Who you gonna choose Got to choose Alright, alright, alright. Gonna learn today. Alright, alright, alright. Gonna learn today. Alright, 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 alright. Uh, Shalom and good morning. Baba Kwartawab to the 12 tribes worldwide, to the Judah, Benjamin Levi, Simeon, Zebulon, Ephraim, Melissa Gab, Reuben, Ashton, Thali, and Issachar, to the so Negroes, West Indians, Puerto Ricans, Haitian, Dominicans, Cubans. North American Indians, similar Indians, Argentinians, Chileans, Brazilians, Colombians, Panamanians, and Mexicans. Those people here in the in the Western Hemisphere, whose fathers are of so-called Negro, Hispanic, or so-called Native American descent, you are descendants of the original twelve tribes of the nation of Israel. Shalom, 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 shalom. Welcome to another episode of ISBHPK presents Bible Talk Podcast. Uh, my name is Mashaba. Uh, I am a teacher with the ISBHPK. That is the Israelite schools, school schools of biblical history and practical knowledge with school locations in San Antonio, Texas, located at 4444 Walsam, San Antonio, Texas, uh, 78217, uh, with classes Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 7 to 9, headed by the brothers Werner Iyer, uh, Shamshuan, Daliad and our Friday nights, the brother Kawakab, brother Kawakabamath, who's um, uh, still still down there in uh, in Guatemala, um, uh, doing his thing down there. But he does a a YouTube uh, slash Zoom class every Friday night that he streams um, on YouTube, but also into the class on Fridays uh, here in uh, San Antonio. You better come and check those out, check them out. And again, that's Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays from seven to nine, and then on Saturdays. They have the Sabbath class from 10 to usually about 2, uh, 1 o'clock, 2, uh, uh, 1 p.m., uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. But sometimes it can, it can extend. You know, when you, when you get into the reading and most of it's got things open and it's going that way, it can extend. But usually a war, I like to keep it right around uh, 10 a.m. to about 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, so that's here in San Antonio. Then in Houston, as I got to pull up my handy-dandy, Magnifying glass once again. In Houston, uh, located at 251, 231, sorry, 231 FM 1092, 10, 231 FM 1092, Stafford, Texas, 77477. For contact information, please uh, contact Priest Quattazop at area code 303 557 8979. Class times in Houston are Mondays and Wednesdays from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, and then Fridays from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., again, Central Standard Time. And then again on Saturdays, we have the Sabbath ceremony, Sabbath class, starting at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Then we have, uh, of course, we have our school in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, located at 2610 Granby Street, uh, Norfolk, Virginia, 23517. The contact uh, person there is Priest Kazakia 
Uh, he can be, uh, you can reach him at area code 757-300-4047. Class times in Norfolk are Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then again on Saturdays at 12 noon. Okay, again, at the, uh, our, our contact, our school there at 2610 Granby Street. Then we have Rochester, New York, headed by the brother, by the priest, Zion. And you can reach him at area code 757-762-3917. And the school location there in Rochester is 1600 Lyle Avenue, suite number 1A. Uh, Rochester, New York, uh, 14606. Class times in Rochester are Tuesdays and Thursdays from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then Fridays from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then again on Saturdays, uh, starting at 10 a.m. there in Rochester. Um, to help support the schools, um, uh, particularly, well, to help support the schools, if you're in the San Antonio area, if you'd like to give some uh, help and support um, uh, to the school, please go to uh, Willingo Small and locate the kiosk uh, located in front of where the Victoria's Secret used to be at, or where they might be remodeling at, to uh, Eastern Fragrances, uh, where you can get your latest in, in, in body oils and smell goods uh, and in the Egyptian bottles, uh, and the Egyptian decanters. They're really beautiful. Um, it's a business that has been set up here uh, in San Antonio, well, just word of truth, uh, to help employ brothers, uh, give brothers uh, some, uh, a place of employment where we can work together, come together, and also be able to... Uh, um, uh, have access to the public and meet meet the people. Um, uh, please stop by and, and, and your patronage is, is definitely enjoyed and 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 needed to help the school uh, keep going here in San Antonio, as well as uh, uh, going on Facebook and uh, going to let me pull it up real quick. On the Mark Move, okay, On the Mark Moving Company. Um, where they can they can uh, accommodate any moving needs you might have. Um, if you need to move across town, you need to move upstairs, downstairs. You need to move to a, a, a cross country. That uh, they have a, a moving company that is, has been established that is licensed and bonded, insured, licensed and bonded, to handle whatever moving needs that you might need uh, uh, assistance with. And they also provide a service if you uh, if you if you so need so, where they can help you pack up whatever you need. Um, if you need to pack up your items, uh, they do provide that service also uh, in, in, in a nice uh, uh, package, affordable package that can definitely be afforded to help you with your moving needs. Um, again, another another business, entrepreneurship, has been established to, to help fund the school and help keep uh, brothers that have, have are uh, in the work, uh, uh, keep them more united, uh, keep them more together, and, and working for the school as well as providing income for, for themselves. So please uh, con- contact uh, on Facebook, uh, on the Mark Move, to handle any moving needs you might have. They, they, they will take care of you. Or if you go and check out um, Eastern Fragrances, the kiosk Eastern Fragrances at Golden Gold Mall, you get any more, even more information as to um, uh, on the Mark Move or what have you. And for the other schools in Houston and Norfolk and also Rochester, um, the, the, they have malls and, and kiosks set up. Now, I'm not familiar with all the malls, whatever, but most business is is conducted online. 
If you go to isbhpk.com, to isbhpk.com, um, the, the website will come up, and you'll see the access ports to um, Custom Creations, to uh, uh, Israelware, as well as Sweet Ambiance. Now, we've actually going to check those out and, and patronage that you can start a subscription to Israelware, where if, uh, for your subscription, that every month you can receive a brand new T-shirt um, and headscarf for men, men or women, uh, according to whatever subscription that you that you subscribe to, and every month you get the the the, the T-shirt of the of, of the month. Uh, come up with fringes, uh, uh, decorated with with the school uh, logo and emblem on it, uh, representing Israel. Right, and, and, and you can uh, get a headpiece uh, with that also, just to help get your Hebrew game up. Right? As you're out and about doing your thing, that is, it's a, a, one way to represent Israel, represent yourself, uh, and, but also at the same time help the school out. So that's Israelware. Um, and you can locate them on Facebook also, but at the website, it's even better, isbhbk.com. And they also have Sweet Ambiance. Where, with Sweet Ambiance, they, they sell um, the best, top-notch, Homemade uh, natural soaps, beard oils, um, uh, skin conditioners, uh, as well as uh, body oils, perfumes, and incense for the house, car, or, or what have you. Uh, candles as, as well. So I invite you to check them out online at Sweet Ambiance. And you can get a subscription with them also. And depending on, on your gender or what have you, that you can get a monthly subscription where you will get the scent for the month uh, sent out to you. Um, in, in, a, in a third round, uh, roller, and proceeds from that, again, go to help keep the schools going. The schools in Houston, uh, Norfolk, and Rochester, the combined uh, amount of bills for each month to, to maintain the, the YouTubes, the Internet, the schools, the rents, the electricity, in the three schools of Houston, Norfolk, and Rochester, uh, last count was like $6,000 per month to keep everything going and keep um, uh uh, keep these schools open. So your your help is really is needed and really is appreciated to um uh to to help out the schools. And on on the website, the isbhpk.com, you can also make a direct uh, donation to the Wells Fargo account, to a, a Google Pay account, and also to a Cash App account. Um, they might even have Vimo. I haven't checked it recently, but they might even have Vimo set up where if you would like to just help out directly, uh, that's the one way you can do get it done to help uh, help things. Keep going. I help things keep going. Help get this word spread uh, to the 12 tribes worldwide. Uh, and then we also have here in San Antonio the EO Pure Therapy Event Center. The EO Pure Therapy Event Center uh, located at Rolando Small in, in the uh, Sears Wing of Rolando Small. We're uh, coming up uh, May 21st. Coming up Sunday, May 21st, we'll be having uh, the, the wedding uh, uh Nuptials, if you will, uh, of the brother Arya and his and his wife and his bride, his wife uh, Kaliah. They will be getting married. Official Hebrew ceremony, um, and all Hebrew Israelites are invited. Uh, Sunday, May twenty first, uh, two thousand twenty three, at the EO Pure Therapy Event Center, located at Rolling Oaks Mall, on, on the uh, on the Sears wing up upstairs. Uh, so please come and check it out. It's going to be a feast. It's going to be good. As, as, and it's going to be the first ceremony that ISBHBK has performed, um, presided over by uh, the brother, priest, Tazapa. So everybody is definitely invited. Come check it out. And to help keep the event center going, 
And we ask that you also patronage um, at Willow Oaks Mall, uh, EO Pure Therapy, which is located on the first floor of the J.C. Penny Wing, uh, and, and the Sister Quadashaya um, and, and the family have homemade bath bombs, homemade uh, uh, soaps, homemade, uh, uh, lo- handmade homemade lotions, um, the, uh, sea moss, uh, anything holistic you can think of, as well as, uh, again, the candles, the incense, or what have you, you want to go check it out. They do a fantastic job there. And proceeds from, from that store go to keep EO Pure Therapy up and running. Uh, EO Pure Therapy, the event center, up and running. So uh, your help is definitely needed. There's a way to show support and help keep Israel going, help keep, keep things moving, uh, so forth and so on. All right? So with that, brothers and sisters, one thing I wanted to do uh, today, uh, we're going to continue on with the class that, we, that, that we've been going over, the series that we've been going been going over um, Christ the Passover, and today today's uh, class is going to be Christ the Passover, uh, dealing with patience. But before we do that, I, I would like to read a prayer. All right, I would like to read a prayer that, and this is one that when I first came in, in, into the knowledge of the truth, we used to read this prayer a lot. We used to read this prayer a, a, a lot. And I just want to uh, read again, as, as we're dealing with a lot of the things going on in, in, in the news and the current events, uh, I, it, it just hit me to, to want to read this prayer. And you're welcome to, to read along uh, with me, or if you're catching the archive show or, 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 or what have you, I'm in Ecclesiasticus in the Apocrypha, or the book of uh, Syrac. Uh, in the Apocrypha, and we're going to start at uh, chapter 36, Ecclesiasticus, or Syriac, chapter 36, and I'm going to start at verse 1, all right, and we're going to, we're going to read this prayer. Uh, we're going to read this prayer. I ain't going to overthink it. Let's go ahead and just read it. So, Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahweh Shai, Jesus Christ, we ask that you please hear our prayers. And that you have mercy upon us, O, o Lord, the power of all, and behold us, and send thy fear upon all the nations that seek not after thee. Lift up thy hand against the strange nations, and let them see thy power. As thou wast signified in us before them, so be thou magnified among them before us. And let them know thee, as we have known thee, that there is no God but only thou, O Lord. Show new signs and make other strange wonders. Glorify thy hand and thy right arm, that they may set forth thy wonderful works. Raise up indignation and pour out wrath. Take away the adversary and destroy the enemy. Make the time short. Remember the covenant and let them declare thy wonderful works. Let him that escapeth be consumed by the rage of the fire. And let them perish that oppress your people. Smite and sunder the heads of the rulers of the heathen that say, There is none other but we. Gather all the tribes of Jacob together, and inherit thou them as from the beginning. O Lord, have mercy upon the people that is called by thy name, and upon Israel, whom thou hast named thy firstborn. O be merciful unto Jerusalem. 
thy holy city, the place of thy rest. Fill Zion with thy unspeakable oracles, and thy people with thy glory. Give testimony unto those that thou hast possessed from the beginning, and raise up prophets that have been in thy name. Reward them that wait for thee, and let thy prophets be found faithful. O Lord, hear the prayer of thy servants, according to the blessing of Aaron over thy people, that all they which dwell upon the earth may know that thou art the Lord, the eternal power. Amen. In Yahweh's name we pray, Amen. So, what was striking me about that, brother and sister, by wanting to get that prayer read today, uh, it's been in my mind, is verse 16. Not verse 16, but on verse uh, 15 of, of this prayer, when it says, Give testament to those that thou hast possessed from the beginning, and raise up prophets that have been in thy name, and raise up prophets and teachers and guides and leaders that have been in thy name. That this is what's necessary right now. That as we're in these last days, uh, before Christ makes his return back, um, and for all the many distractions and all the many things that, that's happening, that we need more teachers. All right? We need more teachers. We need more prophets. Um, of, of putting God's word out so that God's word, in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of everything that's going on, in the midst of all the confusion, that God's word might be heard, that God's word might be given to his people as that guide, as that lamp, as a light, to guide us through these dark days, to guide us through these, these, these times uh, that we're facing, um, uh, these perilous times uh, that we're facing, that we need God's word, his word, uh, to bring out even more and more and more and more. That that's where the safety for the nation of Israel is going to be at, for the 12 tribes of Israel is going to be at, that we have to get God's word out. We need more teachers. We need more prophets. We need, we, 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 we need to get God's word out. Because like God uh, told us, that let me find that scripture real quick as, as it just came to my mind. I believe it's Isaiah. W R W O R D V V O I D. Right, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 11, it says, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. So we want God's word to come out even more and more and more and more, to be, to, uh, to be ring out throughout this earth of, of, of the truth, of the Bible, of what God's word is actually saying. In the midst of all the lies, in the midst of all the darkness and confusion, we really want God's word to get out even more and more and more. So we need more prophets. We need more teachers. We, we need more, more faithful brothers and sisters. We need more faithful uh, families. We need more support. We, we, need, we need the family units to come together and support each other more as, as the, so that we can teach more and more of, of our people to repent, that we teach more and more uh, uh, Israelite people, no matter where we're at, uh, to, the, uh, to the four corners of the earth, that we might come together and repent so that the Lord God, the Almighty Father, will see the nation of Israel coming together in one mind and in one heart and repenting. So now he will go ahead and send 
the final, the last, the, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, the Comforter, the Government, the Government, um, uh, uh, the King, uh, who the world calls Jesus Christ, who we call uh, Yahweh Shai, that He will finally come and send Him and save us and save the save us from this destruction, save us from uh, the wickedness, the snares, the evils of this world, and establish righteousness, God's righteousness, His righteousness in this earth once again. So I just want to put that out there like that, y'all, so that, um, again, it's, just, it's been in my spirit that there's a lot of temptations out here, a lot of temptations, a lot of distractions, to where if you're not careful, it's real easy that before you know it, you might not have picked up the book in, 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 in a week, two weeks, three weeks, that as we go back and we look at what happened in ancient Egypt when Moses came back to Pharaoh. And mind you, remember this, brothers and sisters. Let me, let me pull the scripture also. When we go to Ecclesiastes in the Bible, when we go to the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible, chapter 1, verse 9, it says, The thing that has been, it is that which shall be. And that which is, is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. That history repeats itself. To, to break, make this, this, this scripture simple, history repeats itself. All right? So if we look back in our history, look back in the, in the history of the Bible, we can see that when Moses had returned back after his 40 years, um, when he flew from Egypt after slaying the Egyptian and was at risk of, of one of his people, that he, one of one of the people he was trying to save and protect, uh, they threatened to to tell, uh, uh, snitch on him uh, that Moses had to flee for his life. So he he, uh, he left for forty years. Upon returning back, to now after the Most High appeared to him at the, at the burning bush, we're all familiar with that. That when Moses went back to Egypt uh, to speak to Pharaoh to, in, in the name of the Lord God, Yahweh, to free the, the Israelites, that upon the Israelites, or Moses now saying that it's time to free our people, that it's, uh, let my people go that they may serve God, that we see with the, the Pharaoh and his, his, his design and plan to get our minds distracted, that he cut off the government assistance. That the cost of living was still stayed the same uh, uh, in Egypt, but he cut off all government assistance, for lack of a better uh, word or what have you. And that, the reason that was done is so that we would turn, we would get more busy. That the thought process was that we were too idle. That if we're thinking about freedom and we're thinking about going to serve our God. That we must be too idle. So that work, the workload increased for us as Israelites. And you can read where it, it forced us to be scattered across the whole Egyptian empire. All right? that it wasn't just in, in the city of Cairo, but we were scattered throughout the whole Egyptian empire to keep up with the cost of living uh, so that we wouldn't be focused on praising the Lord or not even just praising the Lord. We wouldn't be focused on our freedom. We wouldn't be focused on um, leaving Egypt to go serve our God that our minds had to be cut up and trapped in 
the cost of living and 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 all the stress that comes from that that all these these different tactics were employed to get our minds and our hearts so we wouldn't focus on what we need to do to actually be saved out of Egypt but what we need to do to survive in Egypt just and and we can see that same type of of of, of tactic and strategy being used today in, in modern America, in, mo- in modern-day Egypt, where the cost of living is getting higher and higher and higher. Um, uh, the stimulus checks have definitely, definitely stopped. And we can see the, 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 the rush or the, the urgency of, of the necessity of making money, the necessity of, of just trying to survive and, and, and stay afloat and, and, and live here within the society, which is designed to keep us from not being able to put 100% into our studies and putting put 100% into waking up the nation of Israel so that we can come back to the Father, repent, and now be saved. So that's one reason I wanted to read that prayer from Ecclesiasticus or Syriac, uh, chapter 36. And yeah, we definitely need more teachers. We need more prophets. We need more help. Right? We need more help so we can get this word out, so we, so we can wake up that 144,000. We can wake up the 12 tribes of Israel so that the Father would do his part and now finally release and send back the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who the world calls Jesus Christ, to come and save us, All right? to come and save us and to put evil and negative to an end and to, to let righteousness reign. All right? Cool, 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 cool. So with that, brothers and sisters, um, I also want to uh, use this time also to uh, send a prayer request, as we did send a prayer, but send a prayer request for, um, again, continue prayer request for uh, Sister Catherine as she's going through what she's going through, uh, uh, Mother Catherine, uh, my Duke's Catherine. Um, we also want to send a prayer for the Coates family, um, Escobar's family, uh, as they're dealing with this, uh, the things that they're dealing with um, from Shapar. Uh, to his mom and to his dad. Um, I'd like to uh, send a prayer request up for the Lovett family, for the things that they're battling and, 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 and dealing with. I'd like to send up prayers for um, the, the, uh, the brother Darrow and, and the sister uh, Becky up there in Albuquerque. Um, he was just in, in, a, in a, a, workman's, uh, a work accident and, 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 and really uh, messed up his arm. So just uh, continue prayers uh, for everybody. But I would like to just add those names uh, to your prayer list, um, as, as we're all dealing with, we're all, we're all dealing with something, right? We're all dealing with something, and for the most side, it's strengthen us. For the most side, it's strengthen our spirits. Because, like the scripture says, let me pull that one up real quick. Um, B R O K E, broken S P I R I T. Um. Oh, now it's running from me. Uh, give me one second, y'all. Um, and y'all know what I'm talking about. Bear infirmities. I-N-F-I-R-M-I-T-I-E-S. Okay, it's not that. It's... T-Y. 
Forgive me, y'all. Forgive me. Yeah, Proverbs chapter 18, verse, verse 14. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14. That we, uh, in, in sending our prayers up to the Most High to, 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 to heal or, or to touch or, or be with uh, people, uh, loved ones that are, that are sick or, or dealing with something, uh, let's remember Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14. And it says, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. And forgive me because I, I was getting the, the wording mixed up. But if your spirit is wounded, then you, you can't deal with any type of, of, of affliction. We're not going to be able to deal with any type of, of, of sickness or ailment um, uh, that, that we're confronted with or having, having to face. But we ask, and our prayer should be um, that the most high strength is our spirit that our spirits be strong so that we can sustain any infirmity, that our spirit is strong so that no matter what it is we're going through, and how do we strengthen our spirit? With the words of the Most High. Remember St. John chapter 6, verse 63. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. That the more we teach, brothers and sisters, the more we teach, the more we study, the more we put the word of God out there, that as we face the trials and tribulations and afflictions, that the more we see and understand and know that we're doing the right thing in the eyes of, of the Father, that, that the choices we make, the decisions we make are the right ones because we're studying. Because we're studying, we're in the book, we're letting our, 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 our actions be determined. Before we do the action, we've counseled. We've, um, we, we've, we've, uh, we've communicated. Before we, we make, make decisions, before we make moves, to just to make sure that what we're doing is right and pleasing in the eyes of the Father, so that whatever we might be faced with, we can deal with. That the most high and understanding, First Corinthians ten thirteen. Let me get that one real quick. First Corinthians chapter ten and verse thirteen. And it says, First Corinthians chapter ten and verse thirteen says. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. That we're all being hit with something that is common to everybody. A lot of times we're put in positions where we feel like we're the only ones going through what we're going through. And nobody cares. There's nobody around. And we feel that sense of loneliness. We feel that sense of, of abandonment. We feel that sense of, uh, like, well, like we're dealing with Christ, of that betrayal. Um, or just plain sickness. And it says, First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But the Most High is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. That, that the Most High is faithful, he will not give us something that we can't handle. As much as we go through the things that we're going to be going through and that we, that we do face, and sometimes it does seem overwhelming. Sometimes it, seems, it does seem like it's too much. But if the Father is not going to give us something that we can't, that He believes we can't handle, that He a lot of times has more belief in us than we have belief in ourselves, that He understands and, and knows His creation, and that we have to have that faith that the Father knows what He's doing. All right. So it's, again, it says, "But the Most High is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape." that you may be able to bear it. And our escape a lot of times is not just that, that he takes the temptation away, but that now how do we deal with the temptation, that we have an example in Christ to follow when it comes to dealing with temptation, that we have different avenues of counsel, um, um, that the multiple counsel 
their safety, that we can get advice, that we can stand in, in the multitude of, 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 of the righteous so we can know what the right move is. Um, and where it gets to the point where, like, like James told us, that uh, if you resist the devil, he will flee for you, from you. And the more we keep resisting and we strengthen ourselves, we strengthen our spirits um, in making the right decisions. And, again, what is right in the eyes of the Father? Not what's right in the eyes of the world, but what is right in the eyes of the Father. The more we make these decisions and we do these things, that the more the Father will be with us. As we, and the more our, our belief and our faith will be in the Father and that condemnation won't come in. Where we, we start to condemn ourselves because we feel like God ain't with me. The Father's not with me. And then the measure that we use, especially in this wicked world that we're living in, a lot of times we, we tend to think that gain is godliness. That we think that the more we gain materialistically, we think the more that we gain financially, um, that that means God must be with me, that I'm, 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 I'm getting more money. But remember, at the same, in the same time, at first First Timothy chapter 6, he did tell us that the love of money, the love of money is the root of all evil. It's the, it, it's the root. It's the beginning of that greed. It's the beginning of, of that, of, that um, of, of not looking out for others, but only concerned with myself, being selfish, right, being, being selfish. That's why we were warned that in the last days perilous times will come, that men will be lovers of their own self. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of the most high, without that natural affection. That we want to make sure that we're not getting, getting so caught up uh, and distracted in a lot of these things that we forget what this is all about. All right? So with that, uh, let me uh, uh, take my little musical intermission uh, once again. Uh, uh, I, I've, I've been flushing. I've been cleansing, so I, I need to go ahead and, and, and take care of this real quick. And when we get back, we're going to go ahead and, and jump all up into <laughs> the continuation of the class we started yesterday um, of uh, the Christ, the Passover, and now we're going to uh, be dealing with, with patience, what it means to actually be following Christ. So I get back. Again, we're going to, be going, uh, we're going to recap First Peter chapter 2, verse 19 through 25, and we're going to continue on with the class. All right? So thank you everybody for tuning in. Please, please, please stay tuned. Quick musical intermission, and then we'll be right back and we'll continue on. So here we're going to do Back to Life. Here we go.
alright, alright, alright. Gonna learn today. Alright, alright, alright. Gonna learn today. Alright, 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 alright. I'm back. We are back. We are back. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All praise to the Most High in Christ. All right, brothers and sisters. Yesterday we was going over, and we I, I was really trying to bring out. We were really trying to investigate um, the relationship of of, of 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 Christ and Peter, um, and 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 the role that Peter really played, um, and getting into in, in some of the intricacies uh, or the nuances of of who Peter was and what he represented and and what he had going on. And and taking a look at that, that to come back now and understand that Peter was given the keys to the kingdom, um, that he was very very um, that the most Christ even told him that you're going to be that cornerstone that I'm going to build this church on. You're, you're, I'm going to build with you, um, starting starting with you. That Peter was very pivotal, and then we read that Peter was actually the first one. Uh, to take the teaching outside of the land of Israel when he went to Cornelius, um, that he, he, was, he was the first one to do that, uh, to start to wake up the 12 lost tribes of Israel that had been scattered abroad, um, but where we have James' uh, citation in James, the first chapter, uh, verse, verse 1, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad greeting. That when we go back and we study, and in case you, for those who don't know, I haven't seen this before, that when Christ taught, starting at the age of 30, uh, and then when he was crucified around the age of 33, that Christ only taught within the, the borders of the land of Israel. He never left the borders of Israel once he started his ministry. Once Christ started teaching uh, to repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, Christ never left the borders of the land of Israel, the borders of, of, of Palestine. He never did that. It was only to those Jews, to the Israelites, that were still within the borders of the country, the land of Israel, and all the cities that, that they're in. That's where Christ went and did his ministry at. And then the first one to go outside of that, of, of the boundaries or the bounds of the land of Israel, was with Peter, uh, with, uh, with Cornelius. In, in Acts the tenth chapter, um, and actually now taking it abroad to where that was the first time that was done. So in understanding who Peter was, and again, please go back and listen to yesterday's class that, that we did. We really did kind of cover that and 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 brought that. Up. Hopefully, it was it was clear and edifying. I want to continue on. I want to read again um, the letter from Peter uh, from First Peter chapter two starting at verse 19, and dealing with Christ. And dealing with Christ, and you know what? That is scripture. I meant to get it before. Let me get it now. Uh, I need a partial match. When we go to Second Peter, before we go to First Peter, let's go to Second Peter chapter 1 uh, and verse 16. Um, and dealing again with Peter, Peter in, in this letter that he dictated, um, 
uh, scholars believe that it was actually written by by uh, his student, uh, Mark, that in this letter from Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, this is what Peter has to say. He says, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord, Yahweh Shai, Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And this I want us to, to kind of kind of lock into that Peter was an actual eyewitness. He was there. I mean, from, from just about the beginning of Christ's ministry, he was there. Remember, Peter was a, a, a disciple of, of, of John the Baptist first. Um, and it was one of Christ's first disciples or first students. And that Peter was a witness that a lot of times um, there were certain, certain miracles that Christ performed. That he, he only had the three apostles or, with him, Peter, James, and John. That uh, like when, when uh, Lazarus' daughter raised her from the dead, the only three that were there, Peter, James, and John. At the Transfiguration, what three were there? Peter, James, and John. That they were actually eyewitnesses. Um, uh, at the Transfiguration, when the Mosai, uh, along with Moses and Elijah, came and spoke to Christ. Uh, and that Peter, James, and John, they, they was going to make a, uh, an altar for the historic and, 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 and miraculous thing going on, that here they're actually seeing Yahweh Shai, Jesus Christ, actually speaking to Moses, actually speaking to Elijah. They've seen these things and wanted to make an altar, and the father, his voice had to ring out. It was like, this is my beloved son, and whom I will, will please. Hear ye him that, yeah, it... Don't be so starstruck, for lack of a better word, that you're actually seeing Moses. You're actually seeing Elijah. But it's time to listen to Christ. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. But Peter was a witness to all these things. Peter was a witness at the Last Supper. Peter was a witness. Remember, Peter was the one that actually walked on water. That when, when after one of the times Christ was teaching, and there was over 6,000 people there, 6,000 men where they were teaching at, that Christ had compassion on the people and wasn't going to just send, send them away. He couldn't just, just cut, cut the time sh- uh, short and send them away. So he had the disciples go ahead and sail ac- across the sea to the next city that he was going to be teaching in while Christ dealt with, you know, dismissing everybody and all, all the talkings and, and, and the, the conversations that he might have with people and that it was nighttime and the disciples were on the ship and looked up and literally seen Yahweh Shai walking on water, saw Jesus walking on the water. And they were so shocked at, at seeing this event. And mind you, remember, the disciples, James, John, Andrew, they were fishermen. So their profession, their livelihood was around water. They were very familiar with water, with seas, with, with, with currents, very familiar and now to see a man actually walking on water, they thought it was a spirit. They thought it was a ghost. They thought it was, it, 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 it was something supernatural. And then, you know, for Peter to come and say, Christ, if that really is you, then bid me. Let me come out and walk. Let me walk on the water to you. And Christ said, come. 
Well, actually, he said, let it be according to your faith and come. And as Peter was actually walking on water, this fisherman whose family business had been fishing, fishing, obviously on water, around water, lakes, ponds, ocean, around the water, actually was walking on water. And as he actually did it, we go back and we read how that he was doing it, but he started looking around. He took his eyes off of Christ. As long as his eyes was locked on Christ, he was able to do the impossible. But when he started looking around, he took his eyes off Christ, he started to sink. And actually, obviously, Christ came and saved him and, and, and pulled him up and said, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? As long as you, and this, again, the, the, the emphasis or the understanding being, as long as we kept, Peter kept his eyes on Christ, he didn't sink. As long as Peter did not take his eyes off of Christ, that in the midst of walking on water on, on, uh, in this sea, he didn't sink. But the minute he took his eyes off of Christ, he started to sink. He started to drown. Now, we know physically, and he was an eyewitness to those type of events. He, was, he, he experienced, he felt, he did those things. He was there at the, at the crucifixion of, 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 uh, of Christ, the trials. Remember, he's the one who pulled the sword out and cut off the soldier's ear. That he, he was there, a part of everything that was going on. All right? Had that intimacy um, of that relationship with Yahweh Shai, with Christ. And then he was, again, like, like he wrote down here in Second Timothy, chapter 1, verse 16, he was an eyewitness of his majesty. He actually saw Christ do these things. And Mary tells us in, in the last book of, uh, what was that? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, last book of John, if, if I, or Luke, that there were so many deeds that were done by Christ that it, uh, all the books of the world couldn't contain, could not write everything that Christ did. But Peter was an eyewitness to, to, to just about every last one of the things that Christ did. He was an eyewitness, and he had that relationship with Christ. That Christ said after, um, after he dies at the crucifixion, that when Peter's restored to strengthen the brothers, go get, go get everybody else, strengthen the brothers. That, that's the type of relationship that, that, and the type of person when we kind of take that, that look at the profile of Peter, yeah, some, 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 something special about that man, all right? Not, not to exalt him over Christ, but for him to be given the keys to the kingdom of heaven, for us to, to, to look at uh, his example as well as his example following Christ's example. Coming back now to First Peter chapter 2. Coming back now to First Peter chapter 2. Um, I'm going to read verse 19 to 25 again. And we went over this yesterday, so I'm not going to do a lot of expounding, but I do want to go ahead and read this. Right? But I, there's going to be some things I'm going to point out, but I just want to go ahead and read this as a recap from yesterday and going into today's class. So 1 Peter chapter 2, summary verse 19. And I'm, I'm hearing myself speak kind of fast, so let me go ahead and slow, slow my speech down. Let me go ahead and slow my speech down so, I can be, so everything can be understood. 1 Peter. Chapter 2, verse 19. For this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward the Most High endure grief. And remember, this is Peter. This is, uh, uh, this is Peter giving us this, this, these words of wisdom, these words of advice. That for this is thankworthy, that if a man for conscience toward the Most High endure grief, suffering wrongfully, 
For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if, when ye do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with the Most High. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. So it says a lot of times in, 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 uh, in this modern world, I'm going to say it like that, a lot of times in this modern world there's this, this thought or this notion that since Christ died on the cross, we don't have to die. Since, that since Christ suffered on the cross, I don't have to suffer, and God knows what I like. So as far as me having to go through any type of pain, any type of afflictions, any type of, of, of trials, that no, that can't be God, not my Jesus, because my Jesus wouldn't want me to go through something like this. That, that as much as we say, I love my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that if we're faced with any trials or tribulations or afflictions to apply the God's word, that the feeling is, well, God's not with me and this ain't right and that, that this can't be the truth. And that, that's what starts happening with a lot of people when we come to the knowledge of being Israelites, that when faced with trials, tribulations, temptations, because of the word, because we are following Christ, a lot, a lot of people say, well, you know what? This can't be. This can't be the truth. Uh, this, this can't be it. That goes with the warning that Christ gave us. Um, Here in uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. In uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, Christ warned us about these things before it happens. All right? Uh, about these type of scenarios. He didn't get specifics, but he get, left a, general, a generalization. In Mark chapter 4, verse 17, as we jump real quick. In Mark chapter 4, verse 17, it says... Uh, and he's, he's, he's giving the parable about the sower, about the, one who, the, the sower that was sowing seeds. And in verse 17, he gets straight to the point. He says, and these have no root in themselves, meaning the, word, the seed is the word of God. And people, we hear the word of God, um, especially as we come in as Hebrew Israelites, and to, to the knowledge that we're the Israelites, um, that we are the people of the book. And, and that, that's what our nationality truly is. And we hear these words, and we, and, we, and we start to get the Bible and this understanding. But it says that there's, there's certain that get the word, but they have no root in themselves. They don't study. They, 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 everything is, just, is real surface, and they allow themselves to get really distracted. And it says, again, Mark chapter 4, verse 17, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Um, and then this also goes with Matthew chapter 13, verse 21, which says, Yet hath he not root in himself, that not really allowing these scriptures, there's no, there's no meditation on the scriptures, there's no studying, there's no... There's no uh, Everything is just real surface. 
is not really internal. Remember, remember those who have been taught. Remember how what the Most High tell Ezekiel to do with the scroll? Told him to eat it. He told him to eat it. That in our mouth is going to be sweet as honey, but in our belly it's going to be bitter. That we're supposed to eat this book. We're supposed to eat the Bible. I Meaning consume it. All right. When Christ said He's the bread of life, we're supposed to con- and the, the bread uh, that he, the, the Word became flesh. That we're supposed to consume this Bible like we're eating, like you consume uh, anything. Like you consume anything, it becomes a part of you. That and and it, it's coming out of you. That uh, we just. We, we consume it. I'm going to leave it. I don't want to take any, any deeper than that. But you have those who don't consume the word. It's just surface. It's just, okay, I'm an Israelite, and that's all there is to it. I'm good. All right, I uh, keep the Sabbath. Uh, I recognize the Sabbath. Uh, I, I stop eating pork, shrimp, crab, lobster. Um, uh, I'm, 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 it's just surface. There is no studying. There's no reading. There's no, there's no application on a, on deeper levels to really get this up as a part of being inside of who you are. So it says, yet has he not rooted himself, but doeth for a while. For when tribulation, I'm, I'm in Matthew chapter 13, verse 21. For when tribulation or persecution arises, listen to, listen to the wording or read it yourself. When tribul- for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. That if we're following Christ, there's going to be tribulation. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be afflictions to see are we going to apply the word or not. Is the word actually inside of us? Have we been consuming this book? Like we're supposed to, or is it just surface? Remember, Scripture tells us that every man is going to be tried by fire to see what type of man, what type of quote unquote Christian you really are. That the fire and acceptable men are chosen in the furnace of affliction and in the furnace of adversity. That as we are faced with the tribulations, the persecutions, the afflictions, the trials that we're confronted with. Are we going to use the wisdom of the world, how we grew up, my natural man, um, uh, this, how I'm going to handle things the way I've always handled it, or are we consuming this book, consuming God's word, so that, so that now, almost second nature, when we're confronted with these things, we're going to do what the Bible says. We're going to do that. We're going to go ahead now and make the decisions of what's going to please the Father as we're having to face these trials, these tribulations, these persecutions, these afflictions, these temptations. Or do we stick to our old man, that old man that in dealing with stress, I need a cigarette. In dealing with stress, I need a drink. In dealing with stress, I need some porn. In dealing with stress, I need, I need some sex. In dealing with stress, in dealing with or what have you, um, uh, I just gotta get faded. I need I need some weed. I just gotta get faded. I gotta just I I gotta get away. I need to binge watch TV movies and, and shows that I, that are obviously reruns, 
but I just need something for my mind to escape because I'm feeling the pressure, because I'm feeling this, the, the trials, the tribulations, the persecutions, the afflictions. So I need, I'm, I'm getting to that point where I'm feeling that, that self-pity and I'm feeling sorry for myself. So I'm going to start justifying, and I'm going to start going back to my old way of doing things. I'm going back to the bottle. I'm going back to, to uh, whatever a man's or woman's vice might be. I'm going back to those things to deal with stress. And because I'm not studying enough, the word of God is not in me enough, I'm not making the right decisions for God to pull me out of the tribulation to deal with or handle the tribulation, the persecution, or the affliction, the same way Christ did. Well, I'm not doing that, so now, by and by, this type of person is going to get more and more offended. It's going to get more and more angry. It's going to get more and more bitter. It's going to get more and more sour. Because I'm not really consuming this book and learning from the examples of this book learning from the examples of, of, of the people of this book, that they really are us. Like we read earlier in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9, there's no new thing under the sun. There really is no situation that any of us are dealing with that if we go study, we can find the exact same things in the past. We can find the exact, not just the past of, of, of our lives that we're dealing with right now from the, the year 2023 going back, but going back in our history, our records, the, the Bible, and as we go and we really study, we'll see that there's, there's not a new situation, there's not a new temptation that we're faced with, that there's an example already done in the Bible. Where we have the examples of our forefathers. We have the examples of, of our people of when they made the right decisions and pleasing the Father when faced with adversity, when faced, when faced with tribulation, when faced with persecutions, when faced with afflictions. We have the example of Christ. We have these examples all through the through, at our access, at, at our fingertips. We have this. We have access to these type of things now to make the right decisions, to know what to do in the face of all the, 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 these things that we're faced with, and it's a test. Yes, brothers and sisters, it is a test. And you know when I was in school however many decades ago that was, we had things called open book tests. And the open book test was you give them the test, the test questions and you could use the book to go find the answers. You, just had to, you didn't have to just memorize uh, something that, for the test that was me on Friday. You was able to open the book and go and find the answers in the book. Well, brothers and sisters, real life, these are tests. Real life, we are, we are being tested, and it's an open book test. Right? It's an open book test. So come back now to First Peter. Coming back now to First Peter chapter 2, um, verse 21. Uh, it, it reads, For even here on two were ye called, because Christ, Yahweh Shai, also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. That in being faced with the, the, the persecutions, the afflictions, the adversity, 
the, the, the trials and tribulations? When being faced with these things, how did Christ handle it? Whatever situation it might have been in. How did Christ handle things? We have his, his example. When he was, and, and, and dealing with this and dealing with the Passover, when he was betrayed, when his trust was violated, when he was slandered, when all the disciples, including Peter, dipped on him, abandoned me, when he was abandoned, how did Christ react? How did Christ deal with those feelings? How did Christ deal with those, with those, in, in, uh, for those situations? He did those things to give us an example to follow. To be true Christians. Let me find that scripture. That, that, that one just in my head. Uh, W-A-L. Walk. We're going to give me one second, y'all. My eyes are playing tricks on it right now. When we go to First John chapter two verse six, when we go now to First John chapter two and verse six, it says, "He that saith he abideth in Him, ought himself also so to walk." even as he walked. So what John is telling us here, he says, if a person is saying, yes, I abide in Christ, I'm in Christ, I'm a Christian, I follow Christ, or Yahweh Shai, if we're going to use his ancient uh, Paleo-Hebrew word um, name, that yes, I'm in Yahweh Shai, I abide in Yahweh Shai, I love Yahweh Shai. Well, this is what John is warning us about. Right? This is what John is trying, is trying to pull out coattails to. He that saith, he abideth in him. The him talking about Jesus Christ, Yahweh Shai, says, ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. So how did Christ walk in his and dealing with trials, tribulations? How did Christ walk in dealing with being slandered, lied about, betrayed, having his trust violated? How how did Christ walk? So if we're saying that we're in Christ, we're in the truth, I love Jesus, I love Christ, cool. Then and as I'm faced with these things that I'm faced with, am I walking it the same way Christ walked? Because that's why Christ died. That's why Christ did what he did, to give me an example to follow, to do things the way he did things. He's the king of kings. He's a king. He's a leader. He's a shepherd. So he walked it. You know, you know that, that, that old saying? You can, you can uh, talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? Well, Christ not only talked the talk, he also walked the walk. To give us what? An example to walk after him, to follow him. To walk in his steps. His steps are tried and true. They're proven. This ain't this ain't like like uh well I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna go there. His steps are tried and true, so we should follow his steps. 
We should walk and do things the way he did things. That's why we're called. That's why Christ Christ suffered to leave us an example. All right? Coming back now to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 again. For even here on two were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Verse 22, who did no sin. So when Christ was faced with the adversity, with the pressure, with the, with the, um, and, um, uh, the trials and tribulations, the temptations, it says what? He did no sin. Neither was guile found in his mouth. Let's look at the word guile. Let's look at the word guile. We're in First Peter chapter 2. Neither was guile found in his mouth. Look at the word guile. And y'all know I'm going to the Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Web, not the Merriam-Webster's, but the Webster's 1828 Dictionary. And it says guile. Guile, which is a noun. Uh, means craft, cunning, artifice, duplicity, deceit, usually in a bad sense. Um, uh, we, may no, we, we may, with more successful hope, resolve. Uh, this is kind of difficult. Let me see. Um, When it says neither was guile found in his mouth and neither was craft found in his mouth, let me see here. What's this giving me? Um, oh, okay. I'm not sure. Well, y- y'all can look this up. Y'all can definitely look this up. Um, and I, I'm brothers and sisters. I'm using um, the Eastward uh, Bible app on my on my my uh, my laptop. It is similar to the MySword, I believe, on Android. Uh, but one of the things that, that you can download for free um, and, 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 and getting your Bible study tools together is the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, right? the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. If you don't have the eSword or what have you, you can still look it up uh, online. You can go online, uh, and you don't have to buy the book, but you can have uh, free access to the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. So I'm, I'm using the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia for the word guile. Uh, and it says guile is twice the translation of uh, mirma, which means fraud. It says that, so the word guile means fraud or deceit. And it's used in Psalm chapter 34, verse 13. It says, keep thy lips from speaking guile. It's also used in Psalm 55, verse 11, deceit and guile from the Revised Version, British American oppression. Let me see here. Um, one second, y'all. Um, I'm, I'm going to just stick with that because it, it's going to take me down another rabbit hole that I don't want to go down. Um, so in dealing with guile, we're dealing with deceit, conspiracy, fraud. And this, this is from the Knave Bible Dictionary. From the Knave Bible Dictionary, uh, looking at the word guile, 
it says hypocrisy. It says hypocrisy. So in First Peter chapter 2, verse 20, uh, 21 and 22, it says, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile or fraud or hypocrisy found in his mouth. Christ didn't tell nobody to do something he didn't do first. Christ wasn't that, uh, was, was not such a hypocrite like the Pharisees and the Sadducees that he would have others, he put heavy burdens on others for them to carry things out and do things that he himself wouldn't even lift with his, his little finger. That, that's not how Christ rolled. Christ not only talked the talk, he walked the walk. Right? He wasn't a hypocrite. Then now he's, he's going to have us do things that he himself didn't have to do first. He's the example. He's the light. He's he's he he's the 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 he's the one we're supposed to be following. He's the shepherd. What does the shepherd do? A shepherd guides the sheep. The shepherd the, the sheep follow the shepherd to safety. So Christ didn't would have us go through things that he himself didn't go through. He wasn't that type of fraud. He wasn't a hypocrite. That for the things he suffered, the things he went through to be our example, that he didn't do it, he didn't sin, and there was no guile found in his mouth, meaning he wasn't crafty or cunning, or he, that he justified why he didn't have to go through what the, the suffering, the slander, the, um, uh, the betrayal of his trust, the, the betrayals, the sense of abandonment, and that that's why he, he felt that he could just open his mouth and just talk, talk junk. Be mad. Throw a temper tantrum. Remember, he didn't do that. From Isaiah chapter 53, he didn't do any of that, leaving us that example. All right? So coming back to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. Then with the word reviled. Dictionary, Webster's, uh, that's why I don't like when they use big-ass words. Um, let me see if I can get this here. Let me do this, y'all. This, I see this will take a minute. Give me one second, y'all. I want to I get the word revile. says when Christ was reviled, he reviled not again. That links back to Matthew chapter 5 verse 11, brothers and sisters. That links back to what's called the beatitudes or the blessings. So when we come back and read Matthew chapter 5 verse 11, this are the words of Christ. He said, blessed are ye when men shall revile you 
and, persecu- and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. That when people talk junk about you, they revile you and persecute you because you're doing the right thing in the eyes of Christ. Because you're breaking family traditions. We're breaking worldly traditions. We're not reacting the way people in the world react when faced with adversity, when faced with, with, with trials, tribulations, or persecutions. We're following Christ in the way he did it. This is what Christ said. If we, if, when we're faced with this and we do it the way he did it, we're going to be blessed. We're going to be blessed. Why? Verse 12. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 12. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. That we're, we're walking in the steps of great people and of Christ. But then with the word revile. Then with this word revile. Again, from the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, we have revile, uh, which is uh, verb transitive, meaning re and vile. To reproach, to treat with opprobrious or contemptuous language, um, uh, contemptuous language, opprobrious. What does this mean? I hate when you use the dictionary to to break down the dictionary. Uh, opprobrious, um, reproachful or contemptuous, uh, scurrilous or opprobrious language. Um, Blasted with infamy, despised, rendered uh, hateful, as in his name. So blessed are men when they revile you, or they're, they're, you're being blasted with infamy. This is what the definition of Oprah means. You're being blasted with infamy. You're, you're, the language being re- referenced to you, you're being despised. That uh, The language being used to describe you or, or thrown at you is hateful. Language, because you're following Christ, because you're following the Bible, that these type of things are going to happen. And it's going to happen to see what path are we going to take? Are we going to react because somebody is disrespecting and, and, and getting all up in our face and talking, talking junk, talking smack, and we're going to take it personal? Or are we going to understand that because I'm following Christ, let me continue to follow Christ? That when Christ was reviled, he did not revile back. And if I'm being reviled, not because I did some evil, if I'm being reviled because I'm doing what Christ said to do, if I'm being reviled because I'm, I'm following the scriptures and I'm, I'm doing it, I'm following the steps of Christ and I'm being reviled, Christ told me that I, my, I have a reward in heaven for doing that. That I'm, by, by, by not reviling back, I'm, I, I'm putting on the actions of the prophets that were before me and being persecuted, but not reviling back, not speaking hateful words back, not, not, not the, the tit for tat, not playing the dozens. I got to get you back. I'm going to let you know. And they, they, uh, you know, contrary to that, put some respect on my name. When you say my name, you better put some respect on it. It's, no. That's not following Christ. That mentality is not following Christ when I'm being disrespected. 
There's some hateful speech. There's some slander. They're lying on my name. They're, they're, they're trying to make me look bad. So I got to make them look bad. I'm going to pull uh, – get it. The, the, the popular saying amongst our people, don't talk no shit, won't be no shit. Don't start something, won't be nothing. Got to be starting something, must be starting something. No. We're supposed to be following Christ. His example. That, as it says, coming back down to the scripture, in First Peter chapter 2, verse 23, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges right, righteously. A lot of times, brothers and sisters, when people are talking bad about you because you're following the scriptures, and again, it's breaking every family code, it's breaking every family tradition, it's breaking the norms of society, and you're getting talked bad about. Peter here is, is telling us that when this happened to Christ, and Christ suffered, that he didn't threaten not. He threatened not. But he committed himself to him that judges right. He knows who the righteous judge is. Christ wasn't worried about what people were saying. He knew who the real judge is. He had faith in who the real judge is, the Most High, not what they think. He didn't take their words personal. Oh, they talking about me, so I got to defend myself. I can't be no punk. I can't be no bitch. What are you talking about? Okay, that's the worldly wisdom. But what's Christ's wisdom? How did Christ handle when he's being talked about? When 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 he uh, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously, the same way David did. When we go back and study, brothers and sisters, if you're familiar with David, King David, remember before he, before he actually sat on the throne, remember that Saul had been rejected by God, and David was anointed king by Samuel. From the time that David was anointed king by Samuel, when he was young, until he actually sat on the actual throne, it was 20 years. It was 20 years when we do the chronology. It was 20 years of David having to flee and avoid dealing, uh, Saul, who was actually literally trying to kill him. King Saul was literally trying to kill David. David had to deal with that pressure and to deal with that um, madness for over 20 years. I remember when David found when, when David was in the cave, Saul was looking for him, and then Saul comes and sleeps in the very cave that David and his men were hiding out in. And let's not get it twisted. David was a killer. And David's men are pushing him. Man, hell yeah, this is the most I doing this. That this man's been after you all this time, and now the same cave you're hiding out in, this dude comes in here to go to sleep? If the, Won't he do it? Won't God do it? David, off this nigga, and let's be through with this. David snuck up on him, ninja style. 
Well, it'll become part of his garment. So they ask you cutting day, uh, cutting saw, killing saw, harming saw. And David felt bad about that. So the next morning, when Saul rose, got up out the cave, then David came out of the cave. You can, can you imagine what kind of shock that must have been in, uh, to Saul? Remember, David's reputation was already what? David's killed his tens of thousands. And Saul, his thousands. Saul leaves the cave, and here comes David right behind him. And David said, God, forgive me for raising my hand against the Lord's anointed. You was anointed king. God chose you. And here I am. I'm taking matters in my own hands to where I could have cut your throat, but I cut your garment. Now, I could have I killed you in your sleep. You would have never woke up. But I cut your garment. And even then, I'm taking matters in my own hands. I want God to judge between me and you who's right, who's wrong. And I was wrong for cutting your garment. In the end, we see who, who the Messiah was with. Maybe in the end, through the whole thing, the Messiah never let Saul, they never let Saul catch David. Because that was David's test. That was David's test. And then David also had to leave that example. So we had the, 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 the example of David and the example of, of Christ. That we can learn from. And I'll put into application. Verse, verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins uh, should live unto righteousness. That Christ went ahead and died. If it meant him dying so we could get a conscience, so we'll stop doing what we're doing, Christ went ahead and died for us. That, that, that's the move he made. Like if, if your, best, your best friend or whatever um, did a bid for you, you know what? You did the crime, but I'm going to go ahead and do your prison sentence. I'm going to do your jail time. That's how close we are. That's how special you are to me that I will do your prison time for you. So now, whatever it is that you did, then now I'm going to do your prison time. You never do that dumb shit again. I'm going to take this on for you. Do better now. Live better now. Not more following your own lust or following your own thing. Live better by the most high now. Verse 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins, kill that, squash that, let it go, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. Now let me start living the right way. Then let me be born again. Let me be baptized. Let me start doing it the right way. When I say baptized, meaning now let me start making my decisions based on what the word says. Let me wash my spirit, wash my mind from those bad habits, from that worldly wisdom. It says, by whose stripes, reading on, by whose stripes ye are healed. Verse 25, for ye were as sheep going astray. 
but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of our souls. With that, brothers and sisters, let's go to, that's going to be a little bit longer than I really want to go into, but let's go into Romans chapter 15 now. And dealing with that example, let's, let's, get, let's further, let, let, let's bring out more of the example of Christ, right? So now we're in the book of Romans chapter 15, verse 1. Book of Romans chapter 15, I'm starting at verse 1. And it says, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. The same way Christ was strong to bear the infirmities of the nation of Israel. We then got to be strong for the weak. We can't be in this mentality of, that's him. He got to just deal with that. That's not my business. I ain't do nothing wrong, so why are you getting on me? Which is a lot of, of what we do today. Which is that mentality, that selfish mentality that we take on today. Again, Romans chapter 15, verse 1. Who then, we then that are strong, ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Uh Uh-oh. Verse 2. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. That I'm going to do you good so that you might understand how to pay it forward. I might be reviled, might be going through this, but I'm going to do you good. I'm not going to please myself for your edification so that now you might help someone else. Each one, teach one. Let me not become that example, that Christ was that example. Uh, when, when he suffered, he threatened not. When he was reviled, people talk, talking junk about him, he didn't come back and talk junk back. When he was abandoned, when he was violated, when he was betrayed, when he was lied on, how did Christ handle it? Because the way Christ handled it was to be our example of how we should handle it when we're in the exact same situation. How, how, how often was, was Christ in the Word of God? We know every Sabbath he was in, he was in the synagogues, at least. And for all the travels he was doing, how often would he go to the synagogue and teach? When he was crucified, he said, "I openly taught in your synagogues, openly." And I'm bringing that reference out or that example out for how much did Christ stay in the book? How much studying did Christ do on top of all the healing and all the exerting himself that he might be able to keep going? To be that example for us so that we can be the example for others. Verse 3, for even Christ pleased not himself but as it is written the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell up, fell on me 
the disrespect that Christ felt, the disrespecting of God Christ felt, to give us an example to follow him. We'll look up the word reproach. We'll look up the word reproach, again, from the Webster's 1828 Dictionary. That, again, we just read um, verse 5, verse 3, for even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. So what does it mean to reproach? Well, reproach is, 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 um, means to censure in terms of uh, opprobrium or contempt. Definition number two. All right, there's number two we want to get to in dealing with reproach, something kind of easy to understand, to charge with a fault in severe language. So in verse 3 it says, for even Christ, he's not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches or the, when they was charging him with faults in severe language, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. That Christ took all that. He took those those severe the, the charges they charged him with false in severe language. Remember, again, one reason we, we, we go all the color scriptures and, 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 and bring that out. Remember when when they was charging Christ at the crucifixion, that was all Israelites, that was all Jews, that was all our people. You can only imagine how loud it must have been. The accusations. Come on, you know how we get Trying to prove a point, our voice is going to be heard. When we're talking junk to somebody, about somebody, with as much contempt and disrespect that we can muster, and there's a mob of people. Niggas, that language was severe when they was charging Christ with faults, that he was doing things wrong, when they were lying on him. They were slandering him. That language was severe. Get, get. How do black people, how do we talk bad about each other? How loud does it get? There's wasn't no, no white courtroom full of white people, Caucasians, that, that had no energy, no life. It was just real bland. No, it was loud. Y'all know how we talk, how, we, how it gets? Severe language? I've seen this MF doing this, and, and yeah, he did it. That, that nigga did it was loud and severe when they was charging Christ with the faults that he didn't do. You know how we talk, how, how we talk convincingly that the more passion and the more heat, the more smoke that we come with, that the more smoke we come with, that means that we're, it's supposed to be believed that much more. We're coming with all the extra passion. 
This is what Christ was hit with. Definition number three for reproach. To, to suggest blame for anything. That they were suggesting, they were blaming Christ for everything. With severe language. Accusing him severely. At Christ, about Christ, in his face, and accusing him. They did it to try and shame him severely. They was trying to disgrace Christ for doing the right thing, for following the Most High, for helping people, healing people, trying to discredit all the good that he did by talking as much severe language as they possibly could to the point it got the mob so excited they decided to put him to death. But that didn't stop them from leaving, for for giving that example. So again, Romans chapter 15, verse 3, for even Christ, please not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. Where am I at? Where am I at? Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Well, hold on. Let me look at this. I do. There was some stuff here I wanted to get. Um, I my fault, y'all. I got this in the wrong order. Okay, Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. In my notes. Romans chapter 15, verse 4, reading on. So it says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. And I want to get this here. I quoted it earlier, but in understanding, keeping it in context with what's being written, that the things that were written about Christ, how he, the shame that he suffered, the disgrace, the humiliation, the, the 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 slander, the shit talking, how severe it was, the the, the tortures that he endured, and we're going to get into that probably, uh, probably our next class on on Monday. We're going to get into a little bit more of the tortures that he went through. Then going through all the, going through all that, he did that to give us an example. That we through comfort, that that we through patience, and comfort of the scriptures, that we might have hope. And what's the hope now based on? That if I'm following the steps of Christ, the most I see is what's going on. That as I'm facing this slander, these lies, I'm facing this disrespect, I'm facing this disgrace because I'm following the book. I'm doing what the Bible says. And now I'm being confronted with all of this. Then now I might have hope. Nope, the most I see is what I'm doing. I don't have to take matters in my own hands. 
I don't have to take it personal to right now when somebody, uh, I'm, I'm suffering, I got to threaten somebody because I'm suffering. That when I'm being, the language being used about me or towards me is offensive, I got to come back and use offensive language back. I'm going to get you sucker. So what does it mean to be patient? What does it mean to have patience? Going back to the Webster's, 1820 Dictionary. Patience, P-A-T-I-E-N-C-E. Patience. Not patient, but patience. P-A-T-I-E-N-C-E. From Romans chapter 15, verse 4, if you want to look it up, to get the right word. All right, patience. Um, from the Latin word patience, uh, from the root word in Latin, from the patior, meaning to suffer. So the root word of patience is to suffer. Definition, definition number one, the suffering of afflictions, pain, toil, calamity, provocation, or other evil with a calm, unruffled temper. Endurance without murmuring or fretfulness. So the things written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures, that through the suffering of afflictions, the pain, the toil, the calamities, being provoked, somebody keeps poking, you keep somebody keeps poking the bear, jumping on your last nerve, or other evil, that we handle these situations with a calm, unruffled temper, with endurance, without murmuring or fretfulness, that I feel like there's not going to be any justice. I feel like there's not going to be any payback. I feel like that they're going to get away with it. So then where's our faith in the most high? If I don't say something or do something, they're going to get away with it. And I can't let them know. I can't let them feel that way. I can't let that happen. Remember, Christ didn't please himself. Reading on with patience. Um, oh, from definition number one still, it says, I got, I'm going to read, read the whole thing. Definition, definition number one of patience from the Webster's 1820 Dictionary. The suffering of afflictions, pain, toil, calamity, provocation, or other evil with a calm, unruffled temper, endurance without murmuring or fretfulness, or from Christian submission to the divine will, that I'm going to have a Christ-like submission to God's will. What was Christ's submission to God's will in the Garden of Gethsemane before the crucifixion? Christ did not want to go through the crucifixion. Christ himself did not want to go through that torture. But nevertheless, he submitted to God's will. Nevertheless, Christ said, not my will be done, but your will be done. A Christian submission to the divine will. What was God's will? Concerning Christ and the crucifixion, go through it. 
Remember, we read that in Isaiah chapter 53. It pleased the Lord to bruise his servant. It pleased the Lord to bruise his servant. Definition number two. Definition number two. A calm temper which bears evils without murmuring or discontent. A calm temper which bears evils without murmuring or discontent. I'm putting up with evil without murmuring or discontent that I feel like ain't going to be no justice. They don't get away with it. So I got to take matters in my own hands. Definition number three of patience. The act or quality of waiting long for justice or expected good without discontent. The act or quality of waiting long for justice. Or expected good. Waiting long for it. The same way Christ did. Is doing. That he left us the example to follow his steps. Definition number four. Definition number four. Of patience. Perseverance. Constancy in labor or exertion. To have patience means I have perseverance. I have constancy, constant in my labor or exertion. I don't give up. I don't lose my temper. Because I'm following Christ. And in following Christ, am I studying like how Christ studied? Uh, goodness. Hold on, y'all. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to call them back. I'm going to call them back. Uh, definition number five. The quality of bearing offenses and injuries without anger or revenge. Definition number five of patience. The quality of bearing offenses and injuries without anger or revenge. I'm being offended. My feelings are being injured. I'm going through this without anger or revenge because I'm following Christ. I'm following Yahweh Shai. Definition number six. Sufferance or permission. Christ suffered them or gave them gave them permission to do what they was doing without losing his temper. He gave them permission. Remember, he told Pilate, "You're not taking my life. I'm laying my life down." I'm giving you permission to do this. I could stop it. 
Question, I can call 12 legions of angels and put an end to this. I could stop it, but I'm not. I gave you permission to do this to me. So I can do the divine will. I can please the Father. And not myself. Now, where did Christ get this, where did Christ get this example? Romans chapter fifteen verse five. The very next verse. Romans chapter fifteen verse five, and it says, "Now, the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded, one toward another, according to Christ Jesus." Now, the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. The most high is long-suffering. The most high keeps a calm temper. The most high gives mercy. So that the God of patience and consolation grant us, you, to be like-minded, one toward another, according to Christ Jesus. To follow his example. So let me fix my notes here. Brothers, we're going to end this class with that right there. I just want to fix my notes. I know exactly where I left off at. So when we come back on Monday, we can continue this. Cool. All right, brothers and sisters. Yeah, I'm going to... In this class here now, I do want to thank everybody who did, did get a chance to tune in, uh, whether with the live show or you came back and caught the archive show. Uh, please, please, today is Wednesday, so please catch um, uh, ISBHPK um, YouTube channels for San Antonio or ISBHPK Houston. Uh, either one, uh, go to the school. This class is going to be being held tonight. Please go to the school. And if not, uh, please tune in tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thursday, right? Uh, maybe some of Yeah, tomorrow's Thursday. So please tune in tomorrow, and we'll, we'll, we'll continue this class. Uh, no, today's Thursday. I'm sorry. Tune in tomorrow. Uh, tonight is... Thursday. Where am I at? Today's Thursday. My fault. Today is Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. I, I just got twisted there. Forgive me. Um, tune in tomorrow night for uh, uh, Friday, uh, Friday Night Bible Breakdowns. Uh, starting tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time uh, with, with the Brother Bonabon being at the helm. 
and and going over that class tomorrow, those classes tomorrow. Uh, please tune in tonight to ISBHBK either Norfolk or ISBHBK uh, well, Norfolk uh, on YouTube tonight. As I got my schedule uh, back back together, get, get my head right. So with that, brothers and sisters, again, thank you all for tuning in. My name is Mashaba, and with that, I want to say shalom. Israel, Yahweh our power, Yahweh.